Hi, I'm Mona. I'm Sophie Hannah. And I'm Nishi Rose. Um, hello and welcome to episode 77 of Ethnically Speaking, the show where we discuss issues affecting the UK's highly melanated communities, from pop culture to current affairs and everything in between. Now, we always keep it 100, and today we're discussing preserving your mental health at work. So, last week, world number two in tennis and four-time Grand Slam champion Naomi Osaka dropped out of the French Open on the grounds of mental health issues. So, this whole thing came about because at the beginning of the tournament, she said she wasn't going to fulfil her contractual obligations and was instead going to shy away from all different press interviews that are kind of normal in these competitions because they were really severely impacting her mental health. But instead of understanding this, the organisers left her with a series of threats. These included a $15,000 fine, potential suspension from this tournament and expulsion from future tournaments as well. So Naomi Osaka ultimately left the competition. She said she couldn't deal with it. She'd had long-standing issues with depression and anxiety um, and so she chose to completely drop out. So there's been a lot of uproar since then um, with people saying that the organisers were wrong, but I'm kind of interested and I want your guys' views on why this is. So is it because they failed to show empathy to the players that they're meant to be supporting and representing? Um, or is it that there's a failure kind of within tennis and within sports and other workplaces more generally in understanding employees' mental health struggles and kind of coming to terms with them and dealing with them rather than rejecting them and shutting them down? I think that, I don't think that it was because of a lack of emotion or ignorance as to why they shut Naomi down or why they gave such a hard and heavy um, statement. I don't think it was because of a lack of care to mental health issues. I think it was down to money and power. And, well, money, power and control, I would say. Money and power and control. Because if Naomi says that she's not going to do it and she's, quote unquote, allowed to get away with that, well, who else is going to do it too? And the interviews are a really big way for them to drum up interest. So you see it in basketball, you see it in football, you see it in tennis. There's always these pre, sorry, post-game interviews so that people are able to talk about their experiences and, you know, really to get more eyeballs watching. And where there's more eyeballs watching, there's more advertising there's more money and if people big stars like Naomi are no longer going to do it I think they are wondering about what impact this is going to have so I think that's really what motivated it and it really backfired on them but don't you think if money like control and power is the like more the reason as to why they did it don't you think like that being the the driving factor don't you think as a consequence they are not being empathetic to her mental health because they're focused on like the money the control and the power did you know what i, I guess, mean by that be no oh, sorry, i go. get what you mean i get what yeah. you mean and yeah i definitely think that makes sense i'm just saying as was it a leading thing is that they were trying not to be okay. empathetic I would say, no, I don't think they were. And I think the backlash, I think now they probably obviously regret it. And again, I mm -hmm. think they regret it because they've gotten so much backlash. But I think it was so much more of the fear of if this young, black, Japanese player doesn't play, she brings a new audience to tennis. She's number yeah. two in the world. She is the highest paid athlete of 2020 outside of LeBron James um, for the LA Lakers, like she made like 50 million last year due to her winnings and also to sponsorship deals. So she's big, 
business. So if she's going to get away with it, it's literally like if the most decorated player in tennis at the moment, in, in women's tennis, is going to be able to get away with things. It's kind of like, what does that mean for everyone else who's a lower seed? So I think they were thinking of it more from that aspect, but threatening to take her out of it and then she takes herself out of it, I think it really shows the power dynamics because I'd be very quick. I didn't want to say a lot, but... <laughs> Sorry, I feel now, like I drew you out there, Sophie. Sorry. Yeah, now, now in the French Open, there is nobody, I think, higher than the C20 currently left in the women's side of the tournament. And the whole point is you want to see the best play. You want to see the Naomi Osaka's play. You want to see the Serena Williams play. And if she's going to take herself out now, it's really showing up the tennis tournament for the power that they thought they had. Because the point is, people won't be watching because they don't care about those people who are winning or who are playing. Like there's an interest, but you want to see the big name, the big ticket players. So it's hopefully it will bring a lot of change just because of the power that she has within the sport. I completely agree. I think when I think about Naomi, I think this is, it's really sad to me because in it, I, I understand from a business aspect that when you have duties that you need to fill and you're bound by contract, I completely understand what you're saying, Sophie. Of course, people need to be held accountable for the responsibilities that they've signed up to do. However, in her statement, it was so, to me, it was so genuine and so heartfelt and her apologies to the nice journalists that she's come across, you can really see that she's actually not trying to ruffle a lot of feathers. And for her to say that she needs to step back in order to take care of herself and her mental health, I think it could have been handled in a very different way. Because when you look at things like, I don't know, dissertation at unis, for example, there is not much leeway for you to be able to get out of what you are supposed to be doing. However, there are extenuating circumstances where you apply for forms, it gets sent to a governing body and things get examined, there's certain steps that are taken to accommodate people because it's not a one size fits all. And I completely agree that she sets an example as anybody would, if one person's able to kind of get away with it, what does that mean for the rest of us? But if we look at her circumstances and what she's putting forward as the reason as to why she cannot carry out these interviews and do these duties, I mean, you have to look at where the pressure is coming from because specifically she said, in Paris, she felt vulnerable. I mean, you have to kind of look at the journalists and think, <laughs> how are you presenting yourselves to these players? Naomi is only 23. For her to be um, competing in these tournaments and traveling the world at the age of 23, I mean, it's incredible that in itself, which comes with a, a, like immense pressure. And I know that some people are going to say, well, this is what she signed up for. And I, where that's a bit tongue-in-cheek for me is she actually didn't sign up to be a celebrity, right? She signed up to be a tennis player. And even though these are the things that come with it in terms of bringing attention, bringing advertisement, you have to be aware of the conditions that you're bringing your players into. Now, I'm not saying that they can police a whole load of things. This is not the first time that an athlete has been pushed to the fringes by the media by journalists it's not the first time and let's get down to the nitty-gritty as a black female athlete the list goes on and on and on of the people who have been pushed to these fringes and it does make you question if a black female athlete doesn't fit the narrative that suits white audiences do they receive backlash 
in comparison to somebody else who wasn't an ethnic minority or who wasn't black. The thing is, okay, so with this whole thing, I think I agree with you, Mona, on the fact that I do think she was ultimately victimized, or I think that I don't think that was why she was victimized or penalized even, but I think that there's no doubt that played a factor. I think it was probably much easier for the organizations to make that decision because as you as you say, like they didn't fit the particular mold that they wanted her to. And as somebody for, like who was who is black um and Asian, like they they felt that she should, and they didn't like the fact that they couldn't control her image. But separate to that, and like this is, I guess this is like the whole point of this issue, right? There's so many different factors that come into it. I also agree with something Sophie was saying, which was, and maybe I misunderstood, but it was kind of like, when you have these contractual obligations, like there is still like a gray area. It's not like, mental health is so complex and we should always listen to people who are struggling but then I'm also extrapolating from what you were saying but then where do we draw the line you know like you're saying like she's a tennis player not a celebrity but then could you say that somebody else was um somebody who was doing good for their country not like a career politician why do we penalize them or why you know somebody loves singing they're a singer or you know someone like you know, who marries someone famous or just a woman who fell in love. You know, the thing is that when you talk about, and this is a slightly separate issue, but when you talk about the press and kind of independence of the press, the press should always have that, um, have the independence to say whatever they want. And actually when you're somebody who's of public interest, um, they should be reporting on you as they see fit. So I think in my mind, these are the two things that come into conflict, right? It's what is independent reporting, so, you know, should you shut down free press just because people haven't signed up to necessarily be a celebrity, but the fact is they are a celebrity, um, or should you not? And so there's that, there's that question. Um, and in my view, actually, you know, I think that, the, you know, the press is one of the three branches of state. It's something that should always be free and, um, and in the public interest and responding to questions or people or individuals that have that have that sort of momentum or have that relevance to the people who are reading whatever they're reading um plus there's obviously as you're saying there's the why was she why does she come so under fire um i think again like as you're saying if she were if she were a white man would she have come under the same well as she as she said there were other you know there have been people in the past tennis players who were white men who also were given fines and so on and so on so I do agree that it's still gendered and racialized, but I don't think it's as clear cut as that. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. No, go on, Anissa. Well, I was going to say, I think, Nushi, you touched on like a lot of interesting points there. I definitely agree that I think that the press should be kind of free and independent. Um, however, like the the few things I thought, because you guys say like she was a celebrity, but for me, and this is just for me personally, I feel like there's a massive difference between being a celebrity and being famous. I think celebrity, there's a specific culture that you play into and certain things that you certain different relationships you have with media and different things whereas famous I guess obviously you're on the spot like you're well known but you don't have to share as much like for me that there's a difference so for me when I think about Naomi I think she's famous I don't think she's a celebrity like 
the Kardashians are celebrity to, celebrities to me. Like, I think you, you play different parts. And I think, I understand that it was a contractual obligation that she has to go to, like, the press and everything like that. But I think, in if I'm thinking generally about all workplaces, right, it, all of your workplaces should have, like, a reasonable adjustments policy, right? So that, yes, you've signed up to something. Yes, you have a contract. Yes, you've agreed to this. However, if the circumstances have changed and you are no longer able to, um, commit to your role, fulfill your role the way that you did at the beginning, adjustments have to be made. And the adjustment that she was making was, okay, I still want to play tennis, but I'm not going to do the press. They were going to find her okay. But then it became this whole bigger thing. And I think that's where they let her down. They shouldn't have threatened her with all these sorts of things. It was like, okay, well, the press is, you're having mental health issues and the press are impacting that. So do you know what? Let's focus and you just play the tennis. But I felt like they just let her down massively. And for me, it was like, Yes, she may have been contracted to do the press, but I feel like there's always policies in place that may be able to change the circumstances of your contract. And I felt like they weren't even willing to do that. It was kind of like, well, we'll kick you out. And then she kind of called their bluff and was like, well, I'm gone. And so that's what I think basically happened. I just want to say, I was not saying, because everyone's just like, oh, I hear what you're saying, Sophie. But <laughs> I'm not saying that what I thought they did was correct. The question was do we think that they show the lack of empathy? Mm. And I'm just like, no, I think it was a business decision. That's not how I feel. Like, I feel very strongly for her and the situation that she's in, but she's part of a business and a massive corporation and the people are not their first priority. It's the money and the advertising and keeping the sport relevant. So I understand that from a business acumen side, but I think I stand with Naomi and I stand with what she did and I stand with what she said. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was so much about her not doing the press because there are so many people who don't do the press and take the fine. They say Venus Williams will go to like every other um, set of interviews and she'll take the fine. And they're usually fined 3,000 or 5,000. Um, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, he did, he's a tennis player, big time. Well, I guess you know Novak Djokovic, but he um, hit a ball and it hit a woman in the throat, like one of the umpires oh by Ash. It was by accident. I think he, he was venting and he hit the ball and it hit a woman in the throat. And instead of doing the interviews, he just paid the fine and left. Um, so it does happen. But I think it was she did it so publicly. Usually when they don't do the interviews, it will just happen behind the scenes. They're not turning up. They'll get the fine. They will move on. She posted something on Instagram and just outed them and the whole system and was like, basically, there's problems. This is this is BS, basically. And I don't think I should have to do it. And this, that, and other, and I'm not going to. I think they were reacting to the publicity that she did it with. And I think people thought, some people said they thought that she was being arrogant or this, that, and the other. But I think from what um, Anissa said, I agree very much that um, when you saw the second message that she put out, she's a kid. Like, I think you see that very clearly that she is a, a kid, possibly even a child, I would say. And I don't mean that because of Naomi Osaka, but I I heard this counselor, counselor say something that was so interesting and it really spoke to me. He wasn't my counselor, he was someone else's counselor, but he was having a conversation <laughs> and he was saying, people usually think that people who get into highly skilled industries, doctors, engineers, um, sports people that um, because they're so skilled that it also reflects in their maturity and they said usually their maturity isn't as high because they've had to spend so long focusing on one goal that other areas of their life haven't been able to develop so usually you will find that they're in some areas they're very immature or not I'm not calling her immature but they might not deal with things in the most mature way because those skills haven't had to develop because these massive tennis players have been paying from them they were like 
pre prepubescent. Exactly, for mm. so long. And when you see her speaking, she's very shy, very introverted. And I think all of this plays a part because even the way she spoke on the messages was very apologetic. Very, very sorry for what she had did. She had done, sorry. And it just made me feel very sad because I'm like, this is a young girl basically, trying to navigate this world that she's been put into. And I think that's what made it so sad for me is that you can get your dream and then it's in some areas, it's not going to be what it's cracked up to be. Because every person that starts off playing tennis and wants to become professional wants to win Grand Slams. That is the goal. That is, <laughs> that is the, the biggest thing in tennis. You want to win the Grand Slam. She did that. And she said that's when her depression started. And that's what makes it so sad for me is that she's living her lifelong dream. But all the stuff that has come along with that she now has to navigate. And people don't teach you how to be um, famous. So I agree with what you said, um, Anissa, in terms of the distinction. People don't tell you that, especially when you're young. Your dream is to win. And then you mm -hmm. win. And then everyone knows your name and everyone wants a part of you and everyone wants an interview and everyone, it's just so much pressure that she's trying to navigate. So I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for her, not in pity, but I feel for her. And I really hope that she's able to rest, recuperate and come back stronger than ever. I think one of the things that I wanted to just go back to, um, the question was, organizers have been heavily criticized for mishandling the situation. But is their response due to a lack of empathy or ignorance about the reality of living with mental health challenges? My thing is, I do think that it's a lack of empathy. And I find that Naomi's circumstance exposes something that is so deeply embedded in the sports culture that we see it, we know it, and there's still a lack of discussion. I'm not saying that because of the colour of her skin, this is the reason why it's all blown up. What I'm saying is, for the organisers, they do not handle situations appropriately when it comes to female black athletes in sports. Now, I've got a list here, just so I can remember the, the names that I'm going through. We've got Casta Samea, who was the, Africa, the South African runner. We've got Simone Biles. We've got Serena Williams. And there's a, I do not know anything about football, so let's not even get started. But there's a whole lot of racism in football. Their responses to these situations is outrageous. And I can't help but notice that when it comes to Black female players and the way that they, they go against the grain, if you want to call it that, the response to me doesn't seem to be a response to handle the situation. It seems to be a direct attack against the athlete. As I mentioned earlier, Naomi is very, very young. She's only 23. If we look at the peaks and pits of when she's saying that her depression is kicked in and how she felt and the language that she's used about feeling vulnerable or depressed, it seems to be a situation within the sports culture. If they choose to ignore it and they choose to not support their athletes, this is going to be a breeding ground for this to happen. Are you trying to say that because they bring an X amount of money, these people can be traded off and problems that are affecting them shouldn't be addressed? No, I don't agree. So I think it's something that they need to be held accountable for. Even though the press should have free reign and should be able to not necessarily hold back from certain things, if it's to the point where it is at someone else's detriment and it's someone else's mental health on the line, yes, I do think that they should be held accountable. And at the end of the day, the organisers are the ones that are responsible for this. And I do think they have the power to do so. The energy that they had to come after Naomi should have been channeled in a different direction. Her being labelled as arrogant 
I think is absolutely a stereotype. Why is she arrogant? Because we've already named athletes who've done the same thing. And yes, they may not have done it publicly, but their name has been publicly out there and I haven't seen the same response. So I'm inclined to believe if you are not part of the solution, you are part of the problem. So did they handle the situation? To to answer the question, no, they didn't. And I think if anything, they added fuel to the fire. You know what, though? Across is so aggressive, but I'm just... No, no, no. No, no, no. That's a good point. No. I just, okay, do you know what though? I like I completely I disagree with you um on that on the point about the press because I don't think like you know people are always gonna be upset about what people write about them and I think or say about them in the press. I think that cannot be true because actually it would mean so much people were so limited in what they could say and others could also use that as a defense that they were hurt or upset or their mental health was affected. I, I believe I'm also just, as a disclaimer, I completely believe all the stuff Naomi Osaka was saying, but I just mean in the future, like the sort of ball would, the ball would roll and the sort of domino effect or kind of like leeway it would allow for people to then make claims on these grounds in order to stop stories coming out by them or in order to limit opinion pieces or whatever it might be is dangerous. So on the point of the press, I disagree. Dude, but can I just I comment do, on that? Can I yeah, just comment yeah, on yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like I, it, I hear what you're saying, Nushi, but... When you see the questions that she was being asked or understands, it's like it's a regular thing to see tennis players crying in the interview room. They have just come from winning or losing and losing if you're losing um, a really bad set of games. Um, it's very emotional. And then you have some sort of crazy questions. I saw one, a guy was being asked, well, I saw you went out to the pub last night. Do you think that's why you lost and you should have stayed home instead of going out to drink? Like some of the questions that they're asking are not appropriate. They're not asking because they're actually journalists who want to create a good story. It's clickbait, basically. Someone's asking Omer, she's constantly had doubts around her Japanese heritage. Someone asked her a question like, can you answer us, um, tell us how the match went, but can you say it in Japanese, please? She shouldn't have to prove herself. And these are the situations, do you think you lost because you're too young and you weren't ready? These things are not helpful to tennis players. And I don't think it is the best of the press always in those rooms arts and appropriate questions. So I do think there needs to be some accountability when the um, when Roland Garrett or Garris looks at this about what questions are being asked and what is appropriate and how are these are contributing to the players? Because if I've won a game and then you're gonna say, you know, you've lost to this person three times in a row. Do you think you're gonna be able to beat them tomorrow? Do I need to take that on? <laughs> like, is that gonna help me to go out and perform my best? Not everyone's gonna be like Venus and be like, you know, None of you can play tennis like me in this room, so I don't even really care what you're saying. Not everyone's like that. And what we're seeing is a spectrum of people who are able to, a spectrum of people at different levels of mental health and how they're reacting to this and not everyone's going to react the same. And there needs to be better support systems in place. And this is why I feel, I sorry. <laughs> just, to, just to piggyback Wait, off what it... Sophie's saying. Yeah, go for it, this go for is go for why it, yeah. I feel that the organizers need to have better support in place because you cannot benefit off somebody when it suits you. And then when they're on the edge of like crumbling, kind of be like, oh, well, that's got nothing to do with me. Because at the end of the day, you didn't prep them. You didn't, not even about prep, because it's antagonizing. And I couldn't even imagine coming under the line of fire 
and not because regardless of how much prep you have it's only you in that against them you don't really have like your team behind you at that point right and I just couldn't imagine the amount of pressure and if this has been a build-up and this is supposed because let's look at it from like a jobs perspective if you're going back to your managers and you're going back to your you know line managers etc and you explain to them look this is how I feel in everything in the job is fine this is the aspect that I seem to be struggling with etc etc and there isn't any support being put in place when that employee crumbles what the hell did you expect because nobody had anything to support that situation did you think not everybody just functions off money it's not all about the green sign you know they could go 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 with that amount of money because you're high up you're not on the ground you're not subjected to what they are subjected to so when they've had enough that's at that's at the expense of them and they could quote unquote be replaceable because you can get another player but they cannot get another life. Do you know what I mean? And the fact that she was willing to walk away from so much money and from her title or like, you know, in that game, I'm thinking in my head, don't you understand how much crazy level of pressure she must be under to be able to say, I'll pack it all in, you know, for the sake of my mental health. I don't think that they're trying to make out like a bit of a political warfare. I don't think she did that just for clout. I think it's really serious. And the fact that I still feel it's not being taken as seriously. I do think they should be held accountable. That's my end on that. Go on, Nushi. Oh, no, you know what, yeah. All I was going to say was that I still disagree on the role of the press because the role of the press is to be independent. They have no obligation to the player or to the celebrity or to the murderer or the paedophile or whoever they're covering that day. The press just reports what they see and the type of questioning they ask is based on the audience they have. Um, but I do also agree, but sort of like, yeah, to, as a kind of contrast, I guess, I completely agree kind of with what both of you are saying, or actually completely about the role of the employer and the employee. Um, so I think like taking this issue of like press attention away, I think the, I completely agree that organizers response was wrong and that maybe, you know, even this discussion is causing a sort of, it's igniting a revolution in the way we talk about and think about the responsibility of the employer to the employee and whether they should see it as a battle um, or like a battleground, everything that these people are specified to do and sort of have agreed to do, or whether they should actually deal with it, as, as we're saying, like with empathy and kind of understand where that person comes from. Um, so I agree completely on that point. I think um, this has sparked conversations across the board where now we're really rethinking like what, what is what is that relationship? What should it look like? Um, what does it look like now? And where are there areas for improvement um, that mean that actually you hire somebody within the context of work or a player is really good and you want them there, as you were saying, Sophie, because, you know, in this case, she was the best in the tournament by a long way. So rather than trying to find a battle, you should be trying to do everything you can to keep her. And I think what that kind of shows or exposes is actually or hopefully we'll be moving towards is like a switching up in like the power relationship between those two things, because actually the power should be in the hands of the employee. Like you've chosen them for a reason or the tennis player, they're there because they're the best. Um, and so I think that's hopefully what we're now moving towards as a result of that. And yeah, I completely agree on that side of stuff. I mean, can I, I just ask? This... <laughs> I don't know if the power I don't know if the power should go with the employee. Um, the institutions have been around longer than the employees. 
Do you know what I mean? And I think that's why they thought they were going to get away with what they did is because everybody wants to be there. Every tennis player wants to be there. And I think they overplayed their hand because, yeah, because they took that for granted. But guys, I don't even get through half the stuff I wanted to say about this topic, honestly. Can I just ask, um, I hear what you're saying, Nishi, about the role of the press. And I, and I do agree with you about them being an independent body. But the fact that Naomi has said that Paris in particular has made her feel anxious and vulnerable, do you feel that that's kind of identified uh, a negative side of the French press that you think should be addressed? Because it's, she only specifically said in Paris that's how she felt. Or do you feel like, eh, I mean... It could have been Paris, it could have been New York, it could have been whatever. Do you not think that is something that's highlighted an issue specifically with the French press? Um, so basically, I don't know. Look, the fact is, like, I know she said this, but I've been unable to read the French reports. So it's hard to actually know. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's difficult to make, it's difficult for me to like say what I truly think about this without knowing what they exactly said. Um, in that context but I guess in my view it's less as I say it's less about the press it's more to do with if that is the case um, I'm talking about mental health uh, you know offerings from employers to employees or to from yeah. you know the French open boards to the player if she's raised this with them I do believe that it is part of their responsibility themselves to try and say okay when you come in, don't ask questions about this, this, and this. Okay, it's sports. Maybe they can avoid questions on certain subjects if they really have been so kind of unsavory or inappropriate that actually there is an issue there. Um, and then I'm sure there are millions of other questions the press could ask which would be equally outrageous but less personally offensive. Um, and kind of that's how I view that, if you get me. Yeah. I was just going to say, mm -hmm. I think fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, Naomi Osaka and what has happened here has shown that there still seems a responsibility on the sufferer to be able to speak up and talk about what it is that they're going through. And I agree we should be trying to make spaces safe in order for people to share that because I don't know if she actually wanted to share that this was down to her mental health, but I think she got put into a position where she had to explain herself. And a lot of times people don't know what you're going through unless you say and open your mouth and say what it is that you're going through. And that's not fair because the owner shouldn't be on the person who is dealing with the issues. But a lot of workplaces can't do anything, won't do anything unless they see that the people are suffering. So I think we have to be more vocal about the effects of mental health because somebody else pulled out of this tournament, I think from a broken ankle or an ankle injury, no one said nothing. No one called her a princess, <laughs> but Naomi pulls out from a mental health issue and suddenly it's kind of she's like she's arrogant. a diva, she's arrogant, she's this, she's that. I'm just like, why is that not seen as a very valid reason for sickness or not being able to partake? Just because they're strong in bodies as athletes and they're elite physical athletes it doesn't mean that they're mentally strong the two don't correlate and I think we need to start understanding that and having that conversation about how mental sickness affects us and it usually affects us more than more than it does physically than physical illness yeah I mean I do actually agree with you on that point because oh good I'm glad 
one thing. But like, I do agree. Like, okay, that was one thing. Yeah, I was also gonna say, and I feel like I've now like been like speaking like against this woman. But I think it is actually <laughs> disgusting that she had to come out and say, um, and actually reveal like something that's so personal, especially when mental health is is so much about how you're perceived and you know keeping things internalized and private. The fact she had to say it to the world. I, I, yeah, obviously I, I agree as well. But anyway, um, thank you guys for watching um, and listening to Ethnically Speaking. Um, as you can probably tell, there is so much more to say and we want to hear what you have to say on this issue. Um, where does the sort of blame lie or why have um, the organisers of the French Open come under so much criticism you know rightly so potentially um we want to hear what you what you think so please leave your views in the comments below and if you're watching on youtube do not forget to like subscribe and most importantly hit the notification bell so you'll never miss an episode um, for a recap of everything we've discussed today head over to unitedmelanin.group.com forward slash es077 and there's a link in the description below but we'll be back very soon discussing um, some scandals with the Queen and Royal Family. Um, but until then, please wear your mask, keep your distance and stay safe.